This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know what I had for lunch today on my way over here? What did you have for lunch today, Greg? An entire sleeve of Oreos. What? Is, is an Oreo something that you came up with when you were um, in England? Is that does, Do those make the jump across the pond? No, we don't have Oreos. Seriously? In England. No, shit. Well, do you have Jammy Dodgers? I've heard you describe Jammy Dodgers, and my grandmother used to make the equivalent of that, but oh. I don't know that we do actually have that proper... Well, for the very cookie. same reason that you don't have Jammy Dodgers, we don't have Oreos. But I know what they are, obviously. And you've had some since you've been here? Yeah, sparingly. We're not really biscuit types. Do you call them biscuits? Yeah. Oh, this is going to get super confusing. Isn't yeah, it? I'm really. I, why biscuits? What, what would you call me? them? Oh, cookies. Yeah, yeah but to, to English people, cookies are just the cookie that has a chocolate chip in it. Okay. So Everything else is a biscuit. So if I'm going to have a cookie in. England, I'm just getting the standard chocolate chip cookies that mom would make or something like that yeah, in the winter. Yeah, because cookies have got chocolate chips in. Weird. Right. Everything else is a biscuit. You can have rich tea biscuit. What's that Digestive mean? biscuit. Oh, come on. Rich tea? Oh, I was going to try and bring some back from England because I've just been to England. Couldn't find any, but I did bring some. I'll, I'll go and get them. Digestives with chocolate on. Have you seen no, chocolate no, no. digestives? No, no, no. no. What Here, about hobnobs? I'm going to push pause. Actually, I'm going to commentate what's happening. He's running through the house with his arms up over his head like wacky-waving inflatable arm-flailing tube man. He's digging through his uh, his return trip. He's got sleeves of biscuits. Here we go. Right. You can probably hear these. Yeah. So chocolate digestives, we'll start with. Jumbo pack, obviously. Bringing these back from England, you have to make the most of it. Yeah. Milk chocolate. Okay. So it's a, uh, I was going to say, a biscuit on the bottom. It's kind of that crunchy. It looks like a waffle cookie. cookie is what it looks, it well, looks like it's a wafery plainer. cookie. I would open them, but because we only have one pack, my wife would absolutely kill me. Don't worry, I've already had a sleeve of cookies, so I'll just look at it. it looks and like it's going to. Oh, I see what it is. A layer of milk chocolate on the top. Why is it digestive? Because they're really nice to, and easy to digest. Chest, maybe? Oh. Uh, no, I've got no idea. That's but so they're great weird. for dunking in your tea. In tea? Yeah, tea, English tea. So what? you have those. You'd put it. Is it sweet? Yeah, it's, of course it's sweet. I, it's a cookie. Ch- it's a biscuit, first of all. It's a biscuit cookie. <laughs> Secondly, chocolate and tea, those go together? Oh, of course they Come do. On. They're awesome. I will probably actually should have made a cup of tea before you came round. And, and then you have the hobnobs, which are the same kind of thing. But they have milk chocolate on the top, but they're they're thicker on the bottom, and they have little nuts and just like and I like stuff like that. Oats and wholemeal. There you go. Here, hold on. Set that down. I'm gonna take. A, I gotta take a photo of this to show people. What and this I think is. McVitie's the brand will love you for this. <laughs> You're welcome. This one's for free, McVitie's. It's okay. all about the hobnobs. And wow, they're pricey too. Pound seventy five, man, for a sleeve of cookies. That's like four bucks here, and that's not quite right. No, come off it. 
but yeah, they, I mean, you pay for quality, clearly, Greg. You have to pay for quality. So here, hold this up. I want everyone to see how tan you are too. It's crazy. Oh, right. Nothing there like we some, go. Nothing like some tasty hobnobs from Ross Fletcher. Oh, and a smile. Nice. Well, biscuits, um, biscuits. Who would have thunked I, that we would begin our first podcast back in two or three weeks with a good old digestion? See what I did there on cookies. <laughs> uh, also, uh, anyone that's listened would know that I would immediately ask you everything about England. So, <laughs> um, was it cloudy and rainy and everything there? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So we went back for uh, see some family, and it was cloudy and rainy. Yeah, and we had a lovely little week in Greece. Yeah, uh, dude, what's just... Greece like? I hear that the economy or the government is a mess, and oh, it's it's been a mess for ages. But like anything, when you actually get on the ground, yeah. and there's a lot of talk of the influx of refugees oh. because Greece is one of the big entry points, along with Turkey. You would think by listening and watching to the, the media that the country's in meltdown. Yeah, of course, there's certain areas where there are stresses on the economy and stresses on the local population, but everywhere else is fine. It's my understanding that it, the entire government's being run by wild lions that are. Uh, no, I think it's tigers. Tigers, but you're close. Oh wow! Do they have tigers in England? Only in the zoos. Oh. But we're talking about Greece. Oh, Maybe okay, they have tigers. Mm. I don't know. They swim but, out there? Yeah, either way, it was much warmer and nicer in Greece. And no, the country's not falling apart. It's tough out there. And, and, and that, our taxi driver, was, I was having a good old chat with him in between my one-year-old making him laugh his head off at her random songs, mm. was just saying that, look, if you want to work hard and look for a job, you can find a job. And you've got to remember, cost of living in somewhere like Greece is very different to England or the US. I think life is simpler over there. Cool. So it's not... Yeah, it's not quite as doom and gloom, according to the locals. But again, it depends on who you speak to. Well, it's uh, yeah, they made a big deal out of it collapsing and everything, so I'm pleasantly surprised. Now, does that mean that the, I guess, American dollar goes pretty far there? Because these are things I'm thinking about now that I'm getting ready to do some traveling. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, not as far as it used to, I think. Oh. But it all fluctuates. I was boring reading the Financial Times the other day, as I do every day, cover to cover. Economics. <laughs> yeah, right. And the dollar had sunk to an 18-month low or something like that. I can't USA. remember. Against some USA. kind of currency. But, yeah. All right. I went to Canada recently, and it was like 70 cents on the dollar. What? And so we cleaned up, man. Canada was awesome. We did some shopping. Wow. We did a lot of eating at fancy places because it was like eating at a less fancy place in terms of our pocketbook, and that was incredible. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's about as far as I've gone. It's three hours north recently, I well, guess. So we're going to Japan, though. That's on. That's that a is real amazing. Thing. Headed to Japan. Going to go to Kyoto. Going to see the Formula One. Really Sweet. pumped about that. Bought my tickets. We got a plane ticket over there. We got some Americanized Western hotels that we'll stay at some of the time. What? You're going all the way to Japan to live in a mini America? <clears throat> Listen, Ross, here's the deal is that we're going to Nagoya. Okay. I learned how to say it right from some people that live there. Nagoya, which is the closest city to the racetrack. And it's the first couple nights we're there, and it's trains back and forth all day and everything. And we're still, like, still I, not excusing you. L- let your judgment go rain down upon me that is fine i'm used to it in seattle should be um, sleeping in the corner of a sake house okay that is not out of the question all right it <laughs> depends how early you start drinking that day for the first couple well pretty lori will keep me in check luckily so for the first couple nights though we're gonna stay in a like 
some fancy American type hotel, like a Hilton or something like that. I've heard of that brand. Uh, and we have the uh, we have the points on the credit card to trade in to get a free stay. And so for the first kind of hectic couple days as we're adjusting, it'll be westernized. And then who knows what happens? I maybe sleep with a lion. I don't or tiger. I don't know. Or both. I wonder if they purr. Or both. I hope they purr That'd when they cool. sleep. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Our cat purrs a lot. He's, Question of the day. Yeah. Do you, someone someone call in? Yeah. And let us know the notice the answer to that. So, um, you missed. I guess you were like probably in the thick of it. Oh no, you were back already. Leicester City picking up the spoiler oh. alert. Leicester City picking up the least eventful, most eventful uh, championship ever in the Prem. Man, that was crazy. It was brilliant. I was flying while they were playing their Manchester United game. Son of, okay. <laughs> but no, I where was I? Oh, I was actually on air somewhere else doing a different <laughs> soccer game when they were playing. I'm sure everybody was uh, watching my game and not the, the, yeah, the Spurs-Chelsea game. Um, but wow. And it, it's so funny that you know, Leicester City winning the Premier League title in England is probably the biggest sports story this year in the world. Sure. And just because of the nature of it, I think also it's probably the biggest story ever in the Premier League. Oh, now, the Premier League's only been going since 1992, but um, you can probably go back further because which it is... Which is now almost 25 years, which yeah, is mind-boggling. It, it's, it's, oh, we're getting old, aren't we? Yeah. And again, it's not jumping on the bandwagon because I'm not a Leicester City fan, but it's funny how many people are now with all these <laughs> connections I have to Leicester. But I, I, Shout-outs I, to Brandon. Yeah. I, Brandon, I was born in Leicester and I grew up my entire adolescent life in a town 10 miles away. So I feel like I can understand the people pretty well in Leicester. And for that population to have something like that happen yeah. to them yeah. is mind-blowing. I'm trying to think of an American equivalent. I'm not I sure I can. It'd be like the Mariners winning. <laughs> They're doing quite well right just now. But winning or winning a... I was going to say, they're yeah, doing quite well right now. Winning. But like the idea of them going to the playoffs and even making it to the World Series. If the, no, it doesn't come. I mean, we, we joke about that just sure. to bash the Mariners. Yeah. But, hello, Mariners. It'd be but, like the Sounders getting through the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was cheap. <clears throat> no, but I mean, you're looking at a tiny team with just a bunch of low lowly paid local guys well, not, not local quite. I mean, it's it's Mara's it's, making 400 grand or whatever is he, he was signed for only 400,000 pounds yeah. 600,000 dollars in a world where now you're looking at 120 million dollars being splashed on the world's very top players so it's a team that in its lifetime in its 132 years i think yeah had never won the top division they'd barely won a thing and it is a provincial side and we've talked before about provincial sides in england and how i've said they'll never again win the champions league because it's so hard now to break that dominance so of the much top money. clubs this is a similar thing because a provincial side in England hasn't won the, the top flight since the early 80s. And here they've gone and done it. Maybe Blackburn Rovers in 1995. But um, the, apart the, from they them... Did they go straight down after that, though? 
Not quite, I mean, like, but as soon as Jack Walker's millions went, the benefactor, when he died, sadly died, they, they did go down and they've not really bounced back up. But it's just uh, so hard to put into perspective. But to see the joy on those fans' faces from a team that was hewn together at relatively little cost and last season pulled off the great escape having almost been relegated from the Premier League sure. to win the whole damn thing with odds of 5,000 to 1 at the That's start crazy. of the season. You know, oh, just unreal. It would be like the, the Tacoma Rainiers winning the World, World Series. World Series. Yeah, like, yeah, that's probably not a bad approximation. Because if you brought them up into the MLB and then they almost got knocked out and then the next year they won. Yeah, this is a team of the Rainiers of professionals yeah. who play at the top level when, when they're really on it. And that's the same with some Leicester guys. Wes Morgan, their captain, was playing just up the road at Nottingham Forest for years, a Nottingham lad, and was playing in the second tier and was thought of as being a reasonably good defender. He goes to Leicester for $1.5 million and all of a sudden he's captaining the club to a <laughs> Premier League title. That's Ridiculous. crazy. Casper Schmeichel, the keeper. He was a for, he's a Manchester City reject, right? Didn't he? Uh, he played like before. Yeah, they, he did. Back he when did. Pardue was the, I think, was the manager still. Not quite. Uh, oh, you're testing my memory now. But moreover, his dad, yeah. Peter, Manchester United Legend. title winner. But Casper Schmeichel, let's think, maybe seven, eight years ago, was playing for League Two, Berry and Notts County. In in American baseball, that's single, single A. Single A, maybe even lower. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's just nuts. And he's clearly a very talented keeper. But these are the individual stories. And Riyad Mahrez, as you mentioned, yeah. who was bought for virtually peanuts, was written off by most everybody else for being too skinny, not having enough power, uh, playing in the French second division. All of a sudden, there he is scoring double-digit goals and pouring yeah. in assists. And then Jamie Vardy. We could just go on. This guy who, I think six years ago, <laughs> my wife was recounting this story, was playing in non-league soccer, which is like minus four A's, <laughs> if you want to go down the, the, the levels. And he was wearing an electronic tag because of a, a crime he committed. <laughs> and the electronic tag was on his ankle. And at the time, he had a curfew that he had to be home before 6 p.m. Ah. And if games in England, which they do, kick off at 3pm, it meant that by the time he got changed, got in his car, driven home, whatever, he actually had to be subbed off in every game on the 60-minute mark so he could get back home to not break his curfew and the electronic tag to go off. Now he's a Premier League champion. What is that? So does that mean that he was just good enough at making dumb decisions that were keeping him down, or was he... I think there's a bit of that. Or did it just did it just all come together late for him? He's I not that a old. A bit even. of that as well. Yeah. He's 29, so he hasn't got that many more years in him. Sure. Considering that players are seen as being in their prime about 27, 28 these days. But yeah, he's a guy that's... Um, I don't know. He he's an everyman, maybe. He's a he's a yeah, local like, hero. He's a guy that's maybe come from the wrong side of the track. That he's got into trouble. Yeah, he's definitely stolen a car stereo before. That guy <laughs> or installed one. One of the two. I well, don't know yeah. which. I mean, and there were some issues and some unfortunate issues with with abusing somebody in a casino at the start uh. of the season. There was a, a Twitter handle that he accidentally spawned about somebody talking nonsense and then something <laughs> happening to them. I won't say exactly what that phrase was because it's much more insulting than I've just made out 
But there are stories dotted all through that club. Uh, and it's a lovely club that you're just, in the end, so pleased for them. They are the people's champion. And I don't think we'll ever see another story like it again. Even my friends that are Tottenham supporters were like, if anyone was going to do it, it wasn't Arsenal, it wasn't any of the big clubs. If you have to get beaten to second or possibly third, then it uh, then it might as well be this story of the team that until a month ago the fans were still chanting, we're not going down. Even though they were <laughs> well on their way to a top yeah. four finish, they still like have that heart in them. And it's going to be fun to watch the next couple of games. Well, yeah, exactly. And they're characters. And you really look forward to that final day against Chelsea. They go to Chelsea knowing they're already champions. And who are you looking forward to seeing there the most? Claudio Ranieri, the Leicester City manager, who used to be in charge of Chelsea, got them to second in the in the table, never managed to win, and eventually was fired in 2004. But the Chelsea players uh, let him walk off the field in a guard of honour. The players formed a guard of honour for him because he was such a popular guy within the squad. And eventually he comes randomly again, via Greece. He was managing the Greece national side <laughs> and failed with them. Now, that's more because of the situation in Greece rather than Ranieri's managerial skills. Sure. But he was a very, very much an outsider appointment when he came to Leicester at the end of last season. And he was met with criticism. Why is Ranieri coming? But you're so pleased for him because he has been an absolute gentleman and been one of the good guys through this year that you see and just want to see do well. And it totally paid off. It totally came through. Yeah, lovely guy. I listened to his squad. Didn't make too many changes on the advice of them. He, you know, It's not often that managers listen to their players and heed their advice. But he's just, as I said, one of the good guys. He goes round before every press conference and shakes everybody's hand in the room. <laughs> That's great. Reporter, cameraman, whoever. No other Premier League manager does that. They just gruffly walk into the room, hate the fact they have to be answering questions from these dullards, and then stomp off as quickly as they can. Hey, Sir Alex Ferguson didn't even hold press conferences for years, but here's Claudio Ranieri, who is just a really thoroughly decent guy, and you're so pleased that he has become a Premier League champion as well. you got to wonder if they're going to disassemble that squad. I mean, they're going to play Champions League football next year, so that's like really attractive for, to guys that are there, but you got to think that there's a that there's some of these big clubs out there lurking, just ready to try and pick off some players for obscene amounts of money that a club that size probably can't turn down. That's a really good point. Uh, ten years ago, five years ago, maybe even two years ago, they would not have been able to turn out big money for players. But next season, the new television deal kicks in. With Another the money. new one. <laughs> I feel like there's well, a new one every two years. Yeah, the new money kicks in. And I think each team will get something like £97 million God. as a base from television money. It's gone up hugely. But what it means now, this has also been reflected... Is that Arsenal will spend 210 total pounds of that? Yeah, if if that. Some new sprinkler heads? It just means that it's actually even the playing field up a lot more and that the smaller teams, a la Leicester City, no longer have to automatically sell their players for big money because they can afford to increase the wages of the players that they have. So I'm not sure they'll have a mass exodus like would have been guaranteed to happen a few years ago. It all comes down to the players, though, I think. If they do want to go, if Riyad Mahrez gets the call from Real Madrid, 
it's going to be hard for Leicester City to say, hey, can you hang hang on at the Walker Stadium? Because it's Real Madrid, yeah. but they're in a much stronger position than they ever were. And you mentioned Champions League football to be able to try and hold on to those players. Yeah, it's something that a lot of these guys are looking for. You know, Arsenal's looking like they could screw this up at any time. And there's a lot of guys on that squad that are insistent on playing Champions League. I don't know why with Arsenal, because they're garbage in the Champions League every time. But like, there's guys like, uh, if they don't go, then you lose out on Alexis and on Ouzel. Those guys are gone! They're not going to play for a club that doesn't go to the Champions League. Yeah. So I can't imagine what's going to happen to Man U or uh, City if they don't make it in, in that fourth spot. Like That's crazy. It, it makes it hard. And even Manchester United, to all intents and purposes, aren't going to make the top four. They could squeeze in mathematically. Yeah. The one thing for Manchester United is they're a legacy club. They've always been known to sure. win titles. There's 76,000 every week at Old Trafford. It's an, a, still a very attractive place for players to play. But you're right, not as attractive without that lure of Champions League. And so Leicester City being in the Champions League and also because of the random way, not the random way, but the way the UEFA coefficients work, they'll be one of the top seeds in next year's competition, Leicester City. Basically, <laughs> alongside the likes of Bayern Munich, Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona as ranked top clubs in Europe. Imagine Barcelona coming to Leicester City to play. Uh, well, no, they won't. What is it, because the KC they're Power? Also, what is it? What yeah, is the it? King Power King Stadium. Power, I called yeah. it the Walkers earlier. I'm, I'm, I'm living on old time. That was their previous sponsor. Yeah, the King Power Stadium. But no, they won't face Barcelona because they're also in the top pool of seeds. Oh. So my point being yeah, okay. that they'll have a much easier route in relative terms to get through the first stage of the European Champions League because UEFA's ranked them as one of the best out there. So when they put them in these different pots for the draw, Leicester are going to be in a much more much more advantageous position, much more likely to face someone like Stour Bucharest than they are Juventus. Sure, that's crazy. That's nuts, man. Well, it's a good story. That's It's a lot of it's fun. It's a terrific and, story. Uh, in Formula One racing about five years ago, there was a team called Honda, and they were they pulled the plug on the operation because it was going so poorly. But it was going so poorly because the guy running the show gave up on an entire year in like the first month to be like, we're working on next year right now. And he's uh, he's a technical genius, this guy. And he was able to take this club or this uh, race car, develop this idea that no one else had thought of yet for the following year. And then Honda said, we're out, but we'll sell you the team, Ross Braun is his name, for one British pound. So that way you don't have to <laughs> shut down, shut everything down. And so he agreed to it, and they turned around and won the championship the next year. A team that had no no sponsors, no like a soccer jersey with no uh, title sponsor on it. They were just a blank car. Uh, eventually Virgin spent some money. But they were just a blank car driving around and won the championship when no one expected it because he had come up with this technical innovation to make it happen. Almost didn't pull it off, but it created a British champion, actually. I was going to say, was that Damon Hill? It was uh, uh, Jensen Button. Jensen Button. Button. Jensen Button. 2011, I want to say, maybe 10. I can't remember which one. But Yeah, uh, Yeah. yeah, it's like one of those things where a team that was running around in last place the year before suddenly was beating everybody by significant margins. It's amazing. It's it's almost like parity is coming to the Premier League. It's not. MLS is is more parity. But That's crazy. I mean, look it, at this. Look at the table this year in MLS, and you know you you see a um, see a Philadelphia Union, which is up there, really killing it. And teams, 
you know, that played last Colorado week. Colorado Rapids. As you, I mean, you called that one though. That's from the beginning of the season. You know, that was all Ross Fletcher right there. But then you what? You look at the Columbus Crew, who made it to the MLS Cup last year, and they're they're kind of crap this year. Um, the Seattle Sounders, who made it through to the uh, deep stage of the playoffs, also kind of crap this year. It's um, ninth out of ten in the West. They'll Three, get it together four and one. with the squad that they with the Sounders have. They'll get it together. But just starting out, it's crazy to see that. But you never know. Maybe they won't. That's the idea of parity. Teams that have been successful in the past yeah. aren't always successful in the future in Major League Soccer. Because as we've seen, with a few shrewd signings, like Colorado Rapids, bringing in Skulls and Gashi, Kevin Doyle, Jermaine Jones, and in the future, Tim Howard, you can really change your team and its fortunes. So there's no guarantee that Columbus Crew, Seattle, will be able to put it out of the fire. It's so sad because uh, Colorado's looking good and the stands are looking empty. It's uh, I'm sure that's a huge culture shift that you got to have when you have a Super Bowl-challenging football team for several years in a row that to get people to switch from... I mean, Seattle hasn't had a problem, but... Uh, and you also build a stadium 15 miles outside of the downtown core, literally in the middle of nowhere, virtually on a lunar landscape. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing nearby. The low gravity is very nice, though. I mean, they can really jump. The ball travels very far. <laughs> uh, that's one of the big issues for Colorado, I'm, I'm sure not spend much too time much time on that because no one really knows too much about Colorado but yeah uh, to give it a perspective they're going to have a real problem shifting lots of tickets every game because of their location that's something that's always done Seattle really well downtown stadium yeah brings it yeah when you would go to Colorado, um, do you stay out by the stadium at some random hotel, or are you downtown commuting in every day? Uh, no, we're just downtown, so we can we can walk into the main strip yeah. within a couple of minutes, and then you get all drunk. I mean, the thing is, there's nowhere to stay out near Colorado Rapids. <laughs> Put it on Google Earth, yeah. have a look, and literally, you drive out there, uh, you come off the freeway, I can't remember the, which freeway it is, and you turn left, and then there's a like a, a mini strip mall maybe, yeah. And then just parched earth. It does look <laughs> like you're on the moon. Matt- and there's nothing, 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 nothing. Then all of a sudden, over on your right. There's a soccer stadium. And then there's nothing else for miles around. You look at the car next to you and it looks strange and Matt Damon's driving the Martian lunar or the lander next to you. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. And he's using his whatever it was that he Anyway, that's the, was good. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, um, eating his little rations and growing his uh his potatoes. His potatoes. Um Sounders finally are getting some production, some results on paper, I guess you'd say, out of old Jordan Morris. Yeah. Guys put up uh, several goals in the last three. Would you say three goals in the last three games? Old young Jordan Morris, yeah, three and three. You know, uh, we were, we were it was Super Sports Saturday on Saturday. How so did it go? It, it went great. <laughs> I can tell by that. <sighs> it started at 10 a.m., um, we got to the match by about one, and uh, Mariners. No, was, oh, uh, hold on. Sorry, Sounders. Sounders yeah, first. Sounders. Columbus. So we got to the Sounders Columbus match first, and watched the Sounders put in a shift there. That was a. Uh, it was fun. It was a. Tell fun. me, because I, I was away. Bad first half. Good second half. <sighs> I had a great first half. Second half, I got a little sleepy, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I remember um, all of, right. of that part, portion of it. But um, having Jordan Morris 
show up like that as we're walking out my my pal manly i turned to him and i'm walking off he goes that jordan morris kid he's gonna come true right now like it was like here we go it's time like the pressure's kind of like now he's like dealt with that pressure and now it looks like he's really ready to deliver which is pretty fantastic especially since he's been forced to step up and be like even though of a different body style and a different talent set of talents he's forced to be the the obafemi martins that's not here he's got to fill that role because you're splitting up between all these different guys your gomez and uh and dempsey still doing dempsey and stuff but to play this 4-3-3 that they're doing and have a brand new kid that's a lot of pressure and finally he's digesting it he must have some digestives yeah well exactly milk chocolate digestives yeah. to boot but three yeah three goals in three games i think you always realize the goals will come yeah he's a quality player just learning in his debut season to adjust you mentioned all that pressure he had a lot of that was heaped on him by the club itself coming out remember that tweet that the Sounders tweeted out <laughs> likening him to Lionel Messi for heaven's sake slow your roll yeah and he in he admitted he felt the pressure so it was really good for him to get that monkey off his back by scoring the first and then he's knocked in a couple more. And yeah, the goal against Columbus was pure striker's opportunism. Being in the right place at the right time, three-yard tapping, doesn't matter how they go in. It was the winning goal late on. All of a sudden, you're the hero from a game which looked like, again, it wouldn't go the Sounders' way with the start they've had to the season. And Stefan Fry came out this week and said, look, not one of us thinks we've played to our potential yet. And I would agree from the games I've seen, and I've not seen all the matches, but... There's clearly more to come, but why are they underperforming? Either way, Jordan Morris has been able to get through that sticky spell, and he's only one goal short now. Steve Zakawan, his rookie record for the Sounders of four goals in a campaign. That probably says more about how um, how the Sounders have been able to draft forwards than anything else, because four goals is not a great return. But particularly when you see how Kyle Larin at Orlando scored, what, 17 last year? But still, um, he's off the mark, and you, you wish that now that he'll be able to keep it going because the pressure's off, and he's and he's he's clearly got some confidence. Yeah, there's still 30 games left or something like that this season. You know, some obscene number. What have they played? Eight now or something? Or yeah, so yeah, something like that. 26 yeah, I games. mean, you're, you're talking more than a talking more than 20 games left for this three kid quarters to, of a season. Yeah, there we go. You're talking a lot of time for this kid to get some rhythm, and which he's seeming to find right now, and figure out where his spot is and score some goals, man. So Stefan Fry has been. Something else uh, in that last match, he did a real nice job, and it, he kept it. He kept it together. I felt like he made he, a big I, save right in front of you, where you sit. Yeah, kick save. I think. Yeah, you were probably a couple of drinks deep. <laughs> a couple is generous. Thank you. <laughs> we, we went early and hard. Let me tell you. Then we went. The Mariners game afterwards was delightfully quiet from us. I think everyone had run out of steam, and we all just sat down in our seats and went. <sighs> <laughs> just watch some baseball. But they're winning. Oh, man. 15-11 and 11 at the time of recording this, which is pretty awesome for the Mariners. And uh, they look like they've got the bats going at home, which is always a big deal for that team to figure out how to hit in Safeco. And then on the, they've won the last seven series. They're, uh, they're really lighting it up, which is cool, and it's been fun. And this is the first year I have season tickets. And so anything if they, if they were to do anything good with the season, we're – Right there at the front of that line to try and turn it into postseason fun. So beautiful. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. Um, Sounders play this weekend. I can't. I can't go to the match, Ross. I'm gonna have to watch a replay of what? it. What? I'm doing. I'm doing tuxes and tails. Okay, it is a Seattle Humane event where they find the 
most affluent and powerful people in Seattle, put them into a hotel ballroom at some hotel that I can't remember in Bellevue, mm-hmm. and then they, and then add you, and then they find it local semi-celebrities to come and walk dogs down the runway. Oh. And this is Gregor from 107.7 The End and he's with Trixie the dog or whatever. I'm not ah. exactly sure what I do. I just wear a tuxedo. No and, questions needed to be asked. And then walk a dog, which is something I'm quite good at. So um, we're doing that on Saturday night. And That's cool. The woman who got me interested in it, she was like, oh, well, you should totally do this thing. Brad Evans does it. And I was like, if Brad's there, I'm in, dude. Like, I'm not Yeah, you're get... almost friends with Brad Almost. Now. And I'm not going to get shown up, okay? That's for sure. I'm I'm in. And so I'm in, and then I sign up for everything, order the tux. And I, pretty Lori, my my better half, looks at, the, uh, looks at the old schedule for the Sounders and goes, yeah, the uh, Sounders have a game that night. No Brad Evans, dude. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Ah. <sighs> So, not only will I not see them play. So, Brad Evans, you mean, is not going to play because he's also walking his dog down the catwalk. <sighs> I wish. I love that play on words right there. That was that was good stuff. Yeah, so, so, no Brad Evans. So, uh, we can't competitively dog walk, which I'm upset about. That would have been great. Would have been great. You would have so, got your dog to barrel into him and trip him over and then just run past him. I'm backstage teaching the dog tricks and stuff. I got yeah. treats in my... Oh, I should bring treats in my pocket. This is where it's at. So I can't go to the match on Saturday. Um, but what do you think? Uh, San, San Jose? Jose Earthquakes. Yeah, they're doing okay. They always come into Century League Field and try and beat the Sounders up, though. I seem to remember last year I sat in different seats, and I was up a little higher and off to the other end, to the north end of the stadium. And I watched a pretty thorough dismantling of the Sounders by San Jose on one of two occasions. I feel like... Sounders FC don't really show up sometimes against San Jose. What do you think that is? I think it is because San Jose beat Seattle up. <laughs> they are brutish. And Dominic Kinnear's their coach. He has a reputation of being a fairly hard-as-nails guy in terms of his approach. It's never particularly pretty when you play the Earthquakes. Um, but one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is Chad Barrett. Oh, yeah. Former Sounder, one of my... Oh. Pickle juice. Pickle juice guy. One of my favorite guys. We go and golf together when he was a sounder. Just a lovely, lovely guy. Very honest. Heart on your sleeve. Works incredibly hard. Very professional. Um, sad to have seen him gone yeah. from the sounder's point of view. He's, his goals per 90 minutes ratio was always right up there with the best. So for reasons unbeknownst to me and probably to him as well, he's no longer at a sounder. So I wish him well this weekend. It'd be nice to see him out there. Um, from a sounder's point of view, they don't want him to do too much damage. But yeah, if he can get out there, he's been injured recently, so no guarantees. But if he does um, show up, you got to think that guy's playing with an extra gear. Yeah. Something to prove, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, where's your Obafemi yeah. Martins? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So along with, with him and, and San Jose's physical approach, I think Seattle have just got to dig in again. They've got to be able to... Uh, fight the good fight uh, and just try and build off this last win over Columbus Crew. Use that as some kind of turning point. They've got the home crowd behind them. Eric Freeberg is back from injury. I think that shouldn't be underplayed, yeah, the role that he can provide. It's great. Remember him coming out. Don't remember what he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him and experience sure. replacing Christian Roldan, who I know the, the, the management a very high on Christian Roldan, but we're yet to really see um, whether he can add top-level value. Freeberg's experience, I think, will be an added 
boost in, in, in comparison to playing Roldan. So, yeah, let's let's see if Morris can keep a scoring streak. You clearly want to see more still from Clint Dempsey, but fight that physical battle against San Jose. And you think you've got half a chance, and after that you can reward yourself with a milk chocolate digestive. 